what really we want to do is we want to help cultivate language that shares that responsibility and lets that child know who's in charge and that it's okay when mommy and daddy are both in charge. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the moms on call. For nearly 20 years, Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they have this podcast to talk directly with you. Ask your questions at 888-234-7979. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. Presented by Spoonful One. Spoonful One's mission is to stop a food allergy before it starts. And we are so happy to have them as a part of the Moms on Call podcast again this season. We've shared a lot about how easy and thorough Spoonful One is to safely introduce your baby to common allergens. But we haven't talked a lot about the science. Here's how Spoonful One works. Spoonful One works in the tummy to help introduce common food allergens early during the immune system's development. They have precisely portioned the proteins in Spoonful One so that each serving is large enough to safely increase the production of IgG4, which are good, protective antibodies. When eating Spoonful One, 16 foods are introduced to a child's immune system. The immune cells in the stomach begin to recognize the foods. When eaten on an ongoing basis, Spoonful One teaches the immune system that the 16 foods are just foods, not allergens. Spoonful One covers the food groups associated with over 90% of food allergies. Before Spoonful One ever reaches your baby's belly, every product is tested up to three times to ensure it meets or exceeds national and international standards for food safety and protein integrity. We are confident that we are giving you only the best for your baby. Spoonful One has an exclusive offer just for Moms on Call listeners. Go to SpoonfulOne.com backslash Moms on Call for more information and your exclusive offer of 35% off their award-winning products. (laughs) Hi, this is Nicole from Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I'm wondering if Laura, Jennifer, or both of them could explain how to properly do tummy time and when we should be starting it. I'd also really like to know how long it should last every day and if there are any signs that we should be looking for that our little one is either ready to do it or not ready to do it. Thank you. Nicole, this is a question that so many families ask. And really, the easy answer is... Do some tummy time. Don't make it another checklist. Don't, you know, have a thing on the wall where you are marking that you did 10 minutes every hour on the hour of tummy time. So we want to keep it really, really simple. You can start tummy time from the day that they come home. We love tummy time to be done on, you know, firm, flat surfaces, But we also love some tummy time to be done on your chest when they're laying on your chest and lifting their heads up and looking at you, uh, laying over a boppy pillow. 
is another great way to get some of that tummy time in. And it doesn't have to be hours and hours. We're talking two or three minutes here, three or four minutes there. You're getting ready to do tubby time. You're fixing a bottle. Those are all great times to kind of give them some safe, supervise tummy time and work those muscles that are so much fun when you see them. I love when they're like Superman. (laughs) You know what my favorite time to do tummy time is? When? It's in the evenings when they're fussy anyways. I like to go, hey, if you're going to be fussy anyways, getting out that extra energy because you spend a whole day with these arms and legs you don't know how to control and it's getting toward the end of the day and you're tired, then let's meet a developmental milestone while we're at it. We're getting that last preparation for breastfeeding or bottle feeding for that dinner time right there in the 6 to 7 p.m. That's my favorite because that frustration is actually a really great motivator. And we want to do our tummy time supervised. You want to be right there and don't feel like your job is to keep them from not liking it. Like we don't have to make them like it. Sometimes that's the really great motivator. And if they're fussy anyways, then great. Especially, and we'll see this, Laura, oftentimes those little docile kids who you know, they're like, my kid is five, six months old and they're not rolling over, you know, and I'll say, well, did they care to like, are they just happy go lucky kind of kid? And every time they're like, yeah, they don't care. They're happy as the day is long. So sometimes we have kids that we almost have to use some of that normal frustrated time to make them even care that they're on their stomach. With some kids, you roll on their stomach, they turn their head to the side and they're like, this is a good time. I'm liking this. Um, you know, so sometimes Timing it in that way helps them to be a little bit more successful. But just like Laura said, she's so full of wisdom. I get to do this with just the best people in the world. Let's just not have to put it on a checklist and really enjoy the time that we have on all their sides. Hi, my name is Brittany from Springfield, Massachusetts. Moms, I love your book. Thank you for writing it. Um, My question is my toddler, she just turned two, um, has suddenly decided that she has no interest in me at all. She only wants daddy and it's not 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but it's pretty consistent and it really hurts my heart. Um, Is this just a phase or is this something that I need to be worried about? Thank you. Brittany, thank you for asking this question. As moms, we do get our feelings hurt. In fact, in the Toddler by Design app, we have a section entitled, Don't Get Your Feelings feelings Hurt hurt. When. (laughs) So you are not alone. And yes, we have a message of hope. This is a phase and that child loves you so, so much. Most often we find this behavior with rule followers and rule followers tend to want an authority figure that is singular. They have trouble when there's dueling authority figures. So they're going to go into this season where they kind of just pick like there's just one and I want to kind of see the authority of this one, especially if you're the I take care of you all day person. Um, you know, the other one that only gets a few hours, they're all of a sudden very interested in what their kind of authority style looks like. So, you know, when I use that word, what really we want to do is we want to help cultivate language that shares that responsibility and lets that child know who's in charge and that it's okay when mommy and daddy 
are both in charge. And that is so hard to do sometimes as we try to navigate this. But look for opportunities to say some of those phrases like, I know that you love to be with daddy, but I get to decide who does bath tonight. And so start to kind of lay those things out. And and Jennifer's right, probably somewhat of a rule follower and just trying to navigate who's in charge because they want to know it's this person. And so by speaking those little phrases, I think that helps so much too. And I want to also share some of that responsibility. And what I love to tell couples, especially dads of daughters, is that you are helping to teach this daughter how a man treats a wife. So he's really instrumental. When he comes home, I want him to kiss you first. When he's in these settings with her, as much as they love that and they eat up that one-on-one attention, they love it. I want him to invite you into that situation. I love having mommy here with us. And she may go, no, no, only me, daddy. Don't get your feelings hurt. It's time and truth, time and truth. And you set that up. It is okay that his love for you is displayed openly and regularly. And so, you know, that's kind of a fun way to handle it. I'm just saying. Hey, this is Lauren. I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I actually need Laura and Jennifer to help me train my husband because (laughs) I think he's really overprotective. He gets very nervous when people get too close to our baby and he's worried about germs. He gets nervous during tummy time because what if the baby can't breathe? He gets nervous at bedtime because the swaddle might be too tight or the room is too cold. He's just worried all the time. And what's funny is that he's typically not a worrier and he's not an anxious person. So I'm just wondering if there's anything I could do to manage his anxiety and give our baby a little breathing room. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Lauren, we are cracking up listening to this question. We love it so much. It's so sweet, though. It's so sweet (laughs) that that dad is just so over the top a little bit protective of this little baby. And Lauren, it's so sweet that you're like, okay, Laura, Jennifer, can y'all just come and take care of this and fix it for us? I can. I can. (laughs) I'm going to tell you how I fixed it. So when I had my first son, I also had a bit of this, you know, overprotectiveness. Oh my goodness. I, you had practically had to put on a hazmat suit to touch him. Even his own family members. I'd be like, wait, make sure his head's not buried in your shoulder too much. So I was um, nervous when I got the first one. Oh, you just love them so much. You can't imagine how much you love this baby when they come. And so, you know, this, it can have this effect. So let me tell you what essentially fixed it from, you know, having to don a hazmat suit before you touched my first son to fast forwarding to the twins, plucking something out of the sofa and going, mom, what is this? And I'm like, I don't know. It looks like a raisin. Taste it. If it doesn't taste like a raisin, spit it out. (laughs) (laughs) How do you get from here to there? And Lauren, you may or may not like my answer. Have more children. (laughs) You just don't have the time to be that nervous anymore. And it fixed me. It wasn't until I think, you know, my first son was about two, two and a half years old that I finally felt like I could breathe. And honestly, though, there are other things that we can do. And the other thing that I would recommend, and dads do this too in this day and age of information, is be careful that all the things that you're looking at online 
aren't filling you with With fear. fear. I think fear is just such a, it's so prevalent. It's prevalent in our pockets with the phone. It's always this fear-based world that we're living in. And so what we're going to encourage you is to encourage that sweet dad that we're going to parent out of truth and not fear. And the truth is, this little one can have some tummy time, and they're going to be just fine. We are supervising that. We're right here. They're on a firm surface. Watch, watch, honey. Watch her lift her head. Look at what she can do. And you're going to start to support him and speak that truth into him when you start to see that anxiety showing itself. Well, and we talk about that in our resources when we're putting our kids to sleep in their room. What do we always say? They are safe, they are loved, and they they can can learn to do this. And and you can speak that to your husband. Over and over. (laughs) Honey, they're safe, they're They're loved, loved, and they can learn to do this. We'll be fine. We'll get through this together. Sharing some of our most popular tips and tricks. This is the Moms on Call Spotlight. Presented by Spoonful One. What can we look for when we realize that our kids are ready to go from two naps down to one? First of all, that nap, either the morning or the afternoon, starts to get really wonky. And you notice they're a little bit fussy and more active during the day. And the second thing that sometimes propels us into going from two naps to one nap is just our daily schedule and routine, especially if you have multiple kids. Sometimes life dictates it, and sometimes our kids will give us the signs. This Moms on Call Spotlight was presented by Spoonful One. Spoonful One's mission is to reduce food allergy rates in infants and children. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a question for Jennifer and Laura, call 888-234-7979. Visit MomsOnCall.com for resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive your amazing parenting journey.